Hello, everyone, and welcome to Navigating Our Roots a Través de Nuestras Cicatrices. I'm your show host, Lorelei Flores Gonzalez, and in this episode, I brought on a very special guest. Nicole, can you please introduce yourself to us? Yes, hi. Uh, my name is Nicole Roman. I am currently a UNCC senior, soon to be graduate. And to represent my roots, I am Peruvian, Peruana. Period. <laughs> So today's episode is just going to be like a really deep dive on mental health, especially as like a first generation student and as a Latina, because there's so many things that like affect your mental health between both aspects. Sometimes they interlap and sometimes they're like completely different things. So my first question for you is, what is your opinion on mental health as a Latina? Honestly, there are, like, so many things to tackle when it comes to mental health in general. But what I noticed, um, specifically because, like, I actually work with behavioral health kids, actually, Uh is that aside from, like, the basic, I guess you'd say, mental health um, things, such as, like, depression, um, suicide, eating disorders, there's so much that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And you would think that, like, you would see like I de- like a big diversity yeah. of those, especially Latinos, and like behavioral health, but not really because if you think about it, the way we're raised. I don't know about you, but yeah. me, it was more so like if I was like very emotional after something had happened, I felt like highly upset or whatever, mm-hmm. and I expressed that. My parents would immediately be like, "Why are you crying? Yeah, like why are you upset? You have everything. You have oh house, yeah, girls. You have a roof. Like para qué lloras si ya tienes todo que lo que necesitas? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So obviously, like growing up, it kind of felt like neglected, and so yeah. like that just kind of like shoves everything down. Like yeah. I have to like close it off, and it's very toxic. No one talks about that. It's so fucking toxic. Yeah. And depending on what, like, affects you, per se, like, in our Latino culture, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, you can develop eating disorders. I'm surprised that there's not so many Latino eating disorders in my unit, honestly. Yeah. But when I do see it, that's how I know shit. At their home, she's really going through it mm-hmm. if it's up to this point. Because... I don't see a lot of Latino kids come to the hospital. Yeah. And that's because their families, like, not that they don't believe in mental health, but in a way, they kind of don't. They're just yeah. like, you know, man up or grow up. They, like, they you're choose fine. to ignore it. I've been through this and that. You can go through it, too. Yeah, and I actually really relate to you in that case, too, because I was actually, like, um, diagnosed with, like, depression and anxiety when I was in high school and that was only because I told my mom like hey like I think there's something really wrong with me like I'm having trouble like please help me and I remember the first time I told her she was kind of like upset with me um and it wasn't because like I was going through the issues it's just because I couldn't talk about it because I felt like growing up I had to shut my feelings down and I was kind of like forced to not bring up my feelings because it's like like you said, like you have everything that you could ever possibly need and they'll they'll tell you, they'll be like, I grew up without a parent or I had to work when I was 12 years old. And it's like, that's so tragic and I'm yeah. so sorry, but that doesn't make my emotions any less valid, mm-hmm. right? And so my mom used to, my, my mom and my dad do that. Or they used to, they don't do it as much now because I'm 
I, I communicate effectively with them about it, but there was a point where that they would say stuff like that, and I'm like, yes, but also I'm also struggling. Like, please help me. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very toxic. It really is, and I I give no hate to my family because at the end of the day, there's like this unexplainable loyalty. Yeah. To family, I love them, but it's not entirely their fault that they act this way because they probably grew up in similar circumstances i mean obviously like we've changed Mm -hmm. over time but i feel like in a way it's like intergenerational like trauma being passed down yeah you know and i completely agree like i love my mom i love my dad like and i like you said i don't blame them for it because the way i see it is like okay like they're just literally working with the tools that their parents gave them. Like, mm-hmm. who am I to be like, you're the worst person ever because you grew up with trauma. Like, that's not how it works. And yeah. it's, the thing is also, like you said, like, therapy isn't really a thing. Like, if you're sad, okay, like, vete a limpiar. Like, go clean up. Go yes. and watch oh a my movie. God. I absolutely <laughs> hated that, which is like, my parents would be like, oh, like, why are you so upset? You know what? You're bored. Go clean. Yeah, like. <laughs> it was like <laughs> go watch a movie like, like go i just i wanted to talk yeah and it's that's how they dealt with it yeah. and so they tell us to deal with it and like in the same way that they did and it's toxic because it's not a good way of dealing with it yeah it's so bad and honestly like i wish there were more like studies and research or maybe just like more resources provided Mm -hmm. just like how there's a lack of resources provided for like as latinos at times like when it comes to fafsa and whatnot there should be like more resources like reached out to them for like psychological services and therapy and whatnot because let's be honest here when Latino families hears the word therapy, they look at you and they think, oh, so tu eres un loca. Yeah, they, they think you're fucking crazy. Like, like, no, it's just I need help going through my emotions yeah. and I need someone to talk to about it. Because if I just do it myself, I'm going to, it looks like I'm crazy. Like I'm crazy in my head and I'm probably not. I just need to talk about it. Yeah, and I think, I genuinely really think that if, we were able to provide these resources for our elders and, like, our parents and our grandparents. And it's like, hey, for free, like, you can go to therapy and I promise you won't be seen as crazy. Like, they could benefit from it because... Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, genuinely, like, I not one person doesn't benefit from therapy. Like, let's be so for real. And I yeah. think our parents, too, like, just recently, I think because I'm growing up, I'm learning so much about my mom as a like a person, not mm-hmm. as my mom. And it's like, wow, like she went through some very hard stuff. Like I wish she had the access yeah. to therapy that I have right now. Like I wish that she had that so that she would have grown up and known that she's valued and she's worth it exactly. and she's loved. Because I feel like in a way they do lack that that sense of value respect whatever it is they're searching for Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that they're projecting those same issues yeah onto us because regardless yes um y'all came here to help us and whatnot um y'all came to this country whatever the story is from our roots and whatnot and coming here and going to college y'all went through so much we greatly appreciate that It is because you've gone through so much that you should be more understanding yeah. of how 
certain things, no matter how minor or big, makes us feel because we were kids at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think a lot of the time when you're children, they don't understand that, like, yes, you're a child and your brain's, like, still developing. Mm -hmm. But it's also, like, they want to treat you like an adult and make you grow up really quickly. Yes, but they also have siblings. Yeah, (laughs) but they still want to make you, like, no, like, you're still a child. Mm -hmm. What I say goes. So it's like you when you're growing up, it's like this this battle of like, okay, so am I grown up enough to bring this up to you or am I too young and do I have to keep suppressing it? Yeah. Like it's a really it's an ongoing battle. And then you end up growing up and you're like, damn, like I'm ashamed to cry. But I'm a big crier. I cry yeah. about everything. <laughs> but when I start crying, I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like Honestly, I I didn't realize that until I got into, like, my first year's relationship. Yeah. Where it wasn't more so, like, a people-pleasing thing, but it was more so an apologizing thing continuously. They like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And my boyfriend at the time would look at me and be like, wait, why are you apologizing? You did nothing wrong. It's okay. Like, yeah. it was an accident or whatever the case be. And I'm just like, oh, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, you mean I don't have to apologize about everything? Yeah. What? Because it's like whatever we do, even though it's not bad, we have to apologize for it. And it sucks because, like, it kind of, like, affected my identity growing up. Like, oh, like, am I just, like, a terrible person? Yeah. And then you overthink that in your head. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It festers inside of you. I completely agree. I think it's also, like, interesting because, like, when you're with your parents and you're growing up and everything and... And you feel their love and you love them and you know that you love them. But it's like when you're growing up, it also feels, well, for me, I don't want to speak for you, but it yeah. kind of felt like sometimes my mom was like my worst enemy. And I was like, I love you and I would die for you. But why do you make me feel like my feelings are smaller? Like I'm a crybaby or like I'm not allowed to be upset about things. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's same thing obviously I don't know your experience and you don't mind we're going to talk about this (laughs) but it was a similar thing with both my parents and like like I said like like you said actually my mom she was there obviously I know she's going to be there for everything but when it came to certain things like it was just like why are you saying this like it's hurting and it's really mean like and it's coming from them yeah. You know, so it's going to hurt more. Yeah. And then when they tell you, like, just, like, get over it, like, um, they're exaggerating yeah. and whatnot, like, it just makes you feel small. Yeah, or when, when they're like, um, if you don't like it, then you can leave oh. my house. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to do when you have your own house. And it's like, it's not that I don't like it, it's just that it hurts. Like, yeah. can we talk about the fact that it's hurting me mm-hmm. right now? And I don't know about you, but for me, my experience, whenever I spoke out about it, they considered that disrespectful, (laughs) and they grounded me for it. And I was just like, I didn't say anything disrespectful. I even didn't raise my voice at them, even though God knows I wanted to. I said everything the way I was supposed to in a very calm manner, choosing my words very wisely. But still, no matter what, how I expressed it, I still got in trouble, and I was considered being disrespectful to my family. Yeah. 
And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, though. Like, I was actually a bad child. <laughs> like, I would yell at my parents, and we would argue yelling. And I've thankfully, I've, like, overcome that. But I have a very short temper. And so if somebody – and I think it has to do with the fact that people, like, have made me – and it's not just my parents, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I was bullied growing up. So people yeah. have made me feel small basically yeah. my whole life. So whenever I have the chance and somebody's, like, yelling at me, I'm like, I'm going to yell at you back because I deserve respect because I am a person too, yeah. and I deserve to take up space. Mm-hmm. Which is why I got into an argument at work literally, like, two days ago. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like – that feeling of feeling small, it will follow you forever, and it affects yeah. so many parts of your life. Yeah, and honestly, there's literally so many things to talk about when it comes to this. Yeah, so and many. I think, and it goes, it really does go back to that whole, like, intergenerational trauma that you mentioned. Like, mm-hmm. they learn it from their parents, and then their parents learn it from their parents, and it's, like, yeah. ongoing, and it's, like, at some point we have to, Let's cut that out. Like, yeah. l- let's let's heal. Yeah, and some people are able to do that because yeah. I've witnessed it from like certain family members. But then there are some where I notice, like, I don't know why. Uh, I'm gonna use this as an example. Yeah, one of my uncles on my dad's side. Um, the times I visited them when I was younger, and let's say my cousins were being so called disrespectful or being too loud and comportando malcriado, whatever it is. They'd be like, vamos, vamos a lavarte la cara. Vamos al baño a lavarte la cara. <sighs> and literally, I kid you not, they come out, their face is drenched yeah. from water and the face. And I haven't heard it just only from my uncle. I heard it from my other uncle. So I look at my dad because my dad did the same thing with me. I'm like, which one of my grandparents did that taught you this? Because yeah. it throws me off because I love my grandparents. But it throws me off how they did that to us and now have to realize like or just see shit they got this from my grandparents yeah. and they don't act like that with me mm-hmm. I where think, did it go wrong yeah it's like that humanity thing i think like when we were when we we're growing up or in my case specifically like with my parents anytime i got in trouble anytime we argued i held it against them which is valid because my feelings were valid yeah. too right but it's also like now that i'm more grown up and i'm i'm noticing these patterns that aren't just present in my mom, it's in my in my aunts, in my uncles. It's like in the way that even when my parents and like they are if they argue with their siblings, like it's so present mm-hmm. that there's something that they learn from their parents. And I think you have to be able to separate your parents from being your parents and being people. Yeah. Once you start seeing your parents as people, you're like, oh, you, you that's when you extend them that sympathy and that love. And you're like, yeah, you're like, oh, like, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Like, it just when you separate the two, that's when you realize. Yeah. Why it's like goes it's like on. an understanding of, yes, you've been through stuff. But at the same time, there's that other be where like, why the fuck are you treating me like this? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But it is too very separate things yeah so um we've kind of been touching this this topic now but my second question was did you personally encounter experiences with your family where you felt like your mental health was pushed aside or were your experiences embraced and I think we've kind of like answered that one but is there like a specific example that maybe you want to share where it's like yeah this is where I felt this way mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, there are so 
many examples and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the big one, because this is the one thing that most of my like closest friends know and whatnot, and I'm very open to talking about it. Yeah. So I guess one of like the big moments where it's like shit, like my mental health matters, but they don't realize it mm-hmm. was when I moved out. Yeah. And the whole process of that was essentially me knowing deep down that I couldn't come up to them and telling them or asking them for help or be like, hey, like, I want to move out, you know, and I want to move in with some friends maybe or move on campus and, like, having it, like, you know, plan afterwards, like, with family and whatnot. Yeah. No. Because whenever I brought up the slightest, like, idea to that, they would immediately shut it down. Yeah. And, again, it comes back to that, to feeling small and because I've been so used to that I didn't tell them about me moving out until after like signing the lease with my friend and then I told them hey the day before moving out like hey I sat down with them I explained my reasons why and keep in mind this is during the time of like we're still in COVID yeah and we're just not going back to school and we're wearing masks and all that so I was at home every day, and on top of that, my little brother was home. Love him, but I essentially had to teach him because he was at home yeah, doing Zoom through school, and at the time, he was like, what, seven, eight? Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure my shit out, and it was just, it was hard on top of, like, everything else I was experiencing and feeling, Mm -hmm. so, and I took it into my own hands and told him that I wanted to move out for my own well-being, mm-hmm. mental, physical, whatever it is, or just overall as a person. This is for my own well-being. Yeah. My dad immediately started yelling at me, telling me that I was ungrateful and that he was going to disown me and many more things mm-hmm. at, on top of that. Um, he blamed my boyfriend at the time for it. And he felt a certain way about him because um, he wasn't Latino yeah, or white. No, he was black. And so in a way, he had a microaggression towards him, yeah. which also affected my mental health because of the things he would say. Um, and so there was no support that night when I told him about it. My mom, she just sat in the background just listening to every awful thing my dad said to me. And then had pulled me aside and was like, why are you doing this? Like, we've given you everything and this and that. And it's not that I'm ungrateful. I'm grateful for everything that has been provided. But I need to do this for me, regardless of whatever financial struggle I will come upon. This is for me to grow as a person, to fix me, because I can't fix myself here. And again, following the next day, Parents took my cell phone, laptop, everything. I had to be sneaky and write down certain phone numbers of people that I was close with. I told them the situation, moved out that day. Literally, I didn't have time to like get bins or whatnot because yeah. I wanted them. I held that. I gave them the benefit of the doubt of hoping that they would be understanding and help me move out. But at that point. They weren't. Yeah. And so literally me and my friend put everything in trash bags, took everything apart from my room, 
stuffed in her car, my car. And I never told them where I was going to go. Um, went to the apartment, got settled. My boyfriend met me there. And somehow, like, hours later, as we're trying to figure, like, how to make this work, what's in their name, what's in my name, like, bank account, all that crap, they found me. And it was a very terrible, traumatic experience. Yeah. Because my dad, I had stepped out of my apartment to get a um, registration for my car. When I stepped out with my boyfriend, he, I won't say what it is, because I don't want it to be censored, but he carried, um, he had a weapon in his hand. Scared the crap out of me, pushed my boyfriend back inside, closed the door, locked it, and there was just so many deaths, all the police, and there was nothing that could have been done, because they never found that weapon. Yeah. So, now there's just dents on the door still to this day, but at that point, that was like, shit. I am now more traumatized than ever. Yeah. And it was all because they couldn't be understanding of it all. Yeah. And accepting me. That's really horrible. I'm so sorry you went through that. Um, And I hope that you've been able to, like, heal from that. Although it's, like, something very hard to heal from. Um, My situation, like, doesn't compare to that at (laughs) all. But, like, growing up, I do remember... My mom saying, like, if you move out, like, you can't come back into my house. Um, and I think she's harsher on her girls just because she wants it to be like, okay, like, you're the girl. Like, you're going to be a mom one day. and you, You're going to understand when you're a mom. So she puts a lot more responsibility on the girls than on the boys. And I have three, two sisters, excuse me, and two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um and she, one of my brothers, he went to live with his dad for, like, a year. And that was when my mom was, like, telling him to, like, if you leave, you can't come back. And then he was able to come back. Because at the end of the day, a mom's love is a mom's love, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was that was what I noticed. But I grew up with the fear of, like, okay, like, if I'm going to move out, like, I need to have everything planned. I need to know what I'm going to do where I'm going to live, who I'm going to live with, how much the rent's going to be, because if I don't, I can't go back to her house. Because she said that. Yeah. And, like, now that I'm, I'm grown up, I know that she would, like, take me back because she took my brother back. Like, it, mm-hmm. w- it wouldn't be fair. But um, I know that that situation can be, like, completely different for other people, and it sounds like it's, like, it was very different for you. And I mean, um, it was a lot of thoroughly planning. Yeah. Not necessarily doing it behind their I don't want to say that, but, like, it was just more so planning. Because, like I said, I couldn't bring it up to them. Yeah. Uh, all, or would it just led to another spiral of an argument? Mm-hmm. And in the end, the results was a big, giant spiral. But over time, we've talked about it, maybe not as much as we should. Yeah. But it's gotten better, the relationship over time. they mm-hmm. They're not necessarily 100% understanding now, but they see that I'm able to go to these lengths for myself. Yeah. Not for the worse, for the better. Yeah, I think that's very beautiful, and I'm glad you did what was best for you. Um, so the next question that I have, it kind of relates... I don't know if anybody else has felt like this, because me personally, when I came to college, like... I was at a point where my mental health was getting better. You know, I had friends. Like, my mom, my relationship with my mom was, was really good. Um, 
it is really good now. It's much better, I think. I just needed to see her, like, as a person and not as my mom so that I would realize she's not my enemy. She's my mom. Like, mm-hmm. she just, you know. Um, but then when I came to college and I was living in a dorm, um, I was, like, so lonely. And then I started falling back into depression and, like, anxiety and, like, all these. I'm pretty sure I'm, like, I have a little undiagnosis, right? Like, I need to be diagnosed with something else. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I remember coming to college. It was, like, completely, like, backtracking. And falling back into those bad habits, falling back into those bad feelings. So my question for you is, when you came to college, um, did you end up falling back into those feelings? Or was it something like where you were able to embrace the new setting and the new friends and new feelings? So it's a bit like iffy. It's kind of like the gray area because when I first came to UNCC, um it was literally the semester before COVID had hit Mm -hmm. so at the time I enjoyed coming to campus even though it was a struggle because at the time I was uh commuting yeah and whatnot it was just a struggle overall because I'm gonna be honest high school did not prepare me for this (laughs) I was doing great in high school and whatnot but the workload wise was not preparing me for college at all yeah and at the time, I was originally a pre-med student. Mm-hmm. So I was taking biology classes, chemistry classes, um, calculus, and other classes. And at the time, I didn't know about rate my professor. <laughs> so oh. that was not helpful. And yeah. one of the classes wasn't even a class that was in um, my curriculum, like for my major or for what I wanted. Uh-huh. No, the advisor just like tossed that at me like, oh just take this as like a refresher what? bullshit <laughs> bullshit oh my god um but personally at the time i saw college as kind of like my gateway to freedom yeah for what eight to 12 hours maybe maybe less depending on what classes i had and if i stayed on campus but i would attend certain events if i could um, even though I struggled at home because at the time I kind of dreaded going home. I would make any excuse to stay on campus Yeah. because I never know what to expect when I go home. Mm-hmm. If my parents are upset about something that happened on the day and then they're going to take it out on me if there's the slightest inconvenience regarding to me Yeah. and whatnot. So it would just kind of be like going home and then f- figuring out what the mood is and then not having enough time to even do stuff for me when I get home because I had to cook, I had to clean the house, I had to take care of my brother as well, and then also spend quality family time with them. Yeah. Which I'm not saying I hate the quality time. It's just it takes up a lot of time (laughs) when I could be doing something else, and I don't necessarily think that's selfish, but, you know. Um. So it was just kind of like an up and down, but then with COVID, definitely went downhill from there because mm-hmm. I was at home. There was nothing to escape to. Yeah. Even though when you're at home, it's it's homey and whatnot, you're safe at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, not safe for my mental health. Yeah. You know, because I was just at home, so I felt depressed because there was nothing I could do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It was literally in my pajamas and Zoom and yeah. class or wearing sweats and not doing my hair or nothing. And then my brother being there. So, like, it was just kind of like, okay, I kind of have to suck it up for these next couple hours, take care of him and yeah. feed him because there's no other adult. I'm the adult here. Yeah. I think um, also another thing we need to talk about that, like, affects your mental health is, like, having to be an adult so early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm only the second oldest in my family, so I can't imagine what it was like for my older sister. Um, my mom always tells the story of how whenever we were young, my sister was, like, four. Um, and she took us to our grandma's to, like, get babysat. And, no, she was, like, six. Excuse <laughs> me. She was, like, six. Um, and so my oldest little brother is two years younger than me and I'm two years younger than my older sister. So we're kind of, we were kind of like a, a, tr- a triple pair um, okay. and we were like, you know, like always together. And so my mom always tells this story of how my sister at six years old, she knew that she had to get like the baby bag and she would change my little brother's diaper mm-hmm. at six. And I'm like, dang, like. And my mom thinks it's really cute, and it's it's cute if you don't think about the deeper implications of like, yeah. of like, you know, she she was kind of like a mom at six years old, you know, yeah. and I love my older sister, and I'm very grateful. I do feel I take her as my second mom. Mm-hmm. I think that she definitely um, has those qualities of a mom, and one day when she's a mom, she's gonna be a great mom. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine how difficult it must be for her now. Um, and even now, she'll yell at me and she'll be like, no, like like <laughs> a mom would. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine how maybe like traumatic and difficult and painful it's for her to have had to grow up so quickly. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure she doesn't regret it, but that doesn't mean that it's not traumatic. Yeah. No, honestly, I completely agree. I think as Latinos, especially if you're like the oldest yeah. in the family, you have to grow up mm-hmm. even when you're a kid. And it's, you know, the time to learn from your mistakes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. No, for us, it was just like, oh, you made a mistake. Well, you screwed up for the rest of your life. Then. And it, w- it was just it's very heavy. Yeah. Uh, my parents, they still don't realize what they did, like that whole, like, parentification thing of, like, me taking care of them, acting like the parent towards them at times, and then towards my brother, but yet I still get treated as a kid. Like, it messed with me Mm because essentially, like, I didn't know how to have fun in certain ways or I didn't get to have certain experiences as other kids or, like, my friends did because... I was essentially at the time doing grown-up things like yeah. cooking or cleaning, chores, and or taking care of my brother mm-hmm. and helping him with his homework. Like, it was just a lot. Yeah, for me, um, like we never learned how to cook. Our mom still cooks for us. I love that mom. She's a mom. Um, <laughs> and my sister and my mom are like very close. And I think it's because my older sister has those mom qualities. Like they think so much alike. They're basically like soulmates um because they're so they're like best friends Mm -hmm. and um that's amazing you know it's beautiful to see a relationship like that with a mother um but it's it's also really important to acknowledge like you said like that parentification 
of a child. And it's like, for me, I taught my, my, <laughs> my youngest oldest brother mm. um, how to write. I was the one that taught him. And he writes really ugly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But I was the one that taught him. And I remember um, I got in trouble at school because I was trying to steal something. And in my head, it made sense to steal it because I was going to help my little brother. Yeah. Um, like write better and he was gonna learn how to write and Mm -hmm. this was in in the fourth grade and I remember I got home and mom was so mad at me I got into really bad trouble that day but the way I like the way that I was thinking when that happened was I've got to teach him how to write better like Mm -hmm. he has to learn how to write and it's so sad mindset like yeah okay let me make this sacrifice even if I get in trouble to do this to help him yeah and it's like really sad if you sit and think about it you know um and i think that's not something we talk a lot about because me personally i'm starting to feel a little guilty right now like to be talking it's not negative about my my parents but it feels like i shouldn't be mentioning this i i think it's more so just because it's not the loyalty aspect of the family it's because we're so used to all of that talk from them where it was like oh, we spoke out even though it was respectful and it's nothing but the truth, Mm. they shamed you for it. They got angry at you for it. They got upset with you for it. They raised their voice at you. Yeah. And so I think those feelings are completely valid because, let's be honest here, if our parents were here right now and they were listening to what we were saying, (laughs) they would consider us being so disrespectful and calling us ungrateful. When we're not ungrateful at all, we love you guys, we respect you guys, mm-hmm. but you guys gotta respect us too. Yeah. Like, we're your kids. I don't know. I think it's something that we need to talk about and not just because, like, us mentioning how this hurt us or how it made us feel small does not mean we don't, we aren't grateful. It doesn't mean yeah. that we suddenly, like, hate you and see you as the most evil person in the world. Mm hmm. It just means that it hurt us. Yeah. You know, that's all it means. Yeah. And I, it definitely needs to be talked about because it's like this thing where you feel like you have to be silent about it and you have to feel guilty and you can't mention it. And if you do, you're a tension seeker. And it's like so much to put on a child. It is. And honestly, that's why I know like when I go to work and whenever I see a Latino kid, Latinx, Latina, however they want to identify and they come in that's how i know like shit like at least they were able to come but still we don't see a high population of latinos come in anyways because we're taught to just swallow it just just take it and i feel like even like growing up and whatnot we just can't talk about certain things more so like you know we don't talk about bruno <laughs> that stuff like where it's just never brought up yeah no, we're not going to talk about it because it makes me uncomfortable yeah or just it's just a big giant no yeah and it's so funny because they hate it when we say no but it's okay for them to say no yeah yeah, I completely agree. And I love that you brought up Encanto because <laughs> I cried when I watched that movie for Bruh. the first time. I was like, whoa, like you, you're tackling generational trauma right now? I kid you not. Let me say this. Because I know it's off topic talking about this, but I showed my family the movie because I related to it yeah. in so many ways. 
And I was like, so what did you guys think of the abuela? <laughs> and they're like, oh, I mean, it was a nice movie. You know, it's a little sad, but it was nice. In my head, I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> that's not the point. Did you see the thing there of how the grandma acts towards Mirabelle and the high expectations on everyone? Yeah. And the stuff that she said was hor- like very hurtful to them. They were just like, oh, it was a nice movie, you know? Nice to see Latinos. I'm just yeah. like, that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my, I think my relationship with my mom has changed a lot because she's also changed and she's become more understanding. Um, but it's also like I've changed a lot too and I've become more understanding. And I think living on my own um, personally made me realize how Sometimes I was a little ungrateful with my parents. Sometimes, like, I shouldn't have raised my voice because we were arguing about stupid stuff and I just wanted to be right, you know? Yeah. Um, so it made me realize that, like, my mother's love is unconditional mm-hmm. and she'll do anything for me and I'll do anything for her. And that's yeah. what, you know, living on campus has made me realize. And I was telling her the other day, like, I think I'm going to live off campus in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, my last, like, after I graduate, and she was like, oh, okay, like, she, she looked a little bit, like, shocked, mm-hmm. but she didn't say, like, oh, but if you leave, you can't come back, Yeah. so I feel like she's definitely, like, grown, and she's more understanding of the fact that, like, we're adults now, mm-hmm. um, and I really wish that, like, everybody's parents would be like that, too, where they would more, they would be more understanding to yeah. the fact that at the end of the day, like, we're not children anymore, like, we're Sometimes it might feel like it. Sometimes we want to be children. Sometimes mm-hmm. we want to cry to our parents and have them hold us and console us. But we're still adults. Yeah. You know? Like, we're allowed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not perfect. Yeah. And growing up, like, they made me feel like I had to be perfect. And in a way, that's kind of made me, like, not a perfectionist. Yeah. But I had to make sure things were right or at least good enough so that they can see that and they would make me feel good enough. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, like, they'd be proud of you. Yeah. yeah it's I more think like a controlling thing, which yeah. sucks. For me, I think um, I actually went to therapy in high school. Um, and my mom was very supportive. And we would talk and she'd ask me, like, hey, like, are you doing okay? Do you want to watch a movie? And I think that's why my mental health started improving in high school. Um but I remember, like, when I first got into therapy, I was telling my therapist, like, I'm so scared that I'm going to fail. I'm scared that I'm going to, like, ruin my mom's sacrifices. Like, I'm scared that she'll hate me because at the time, I really did not see myself living past 18. Like, I could not picture it. Honestly, and like, I understand that. Yeah, and I was telling, like, my therapist, like, what if I don't go to college and she hates me and she thinks that, she has the worst children ever because they didn't go to college and all her sacrifices weren't worth it. So it was like, that was my internal battle where it was like fear of my mom being disappointed if I didn't do everything perfectly. So I understand what you mean by like that kind of perfectionist attitude where you feel like it has to be good enough. Yeah, and for me, like, I notice it now, 
more than ever that I just have this in me to control things yeah if I can because when things are out of my control I don't like it yeah like for example like let's say um for example I hate surprises no matter if it's good or bad I hate it because it's the unknown and no hate towards my family or anything but I needed to know things yeah so that I would I saw I would know what to expect Mm -hmm. like I needed to know when they were coming home so I'd be like okay I need to clean the house at this time do this make sure everything looks great so that they don't come at me for missing this one little tiny speck of dust here Mm -hmm. and whatnot because if I didn't do that they would get highly upset with me Mm -hmm. and so sadly like now I have this need where like if I can control it I need to I just can't let things go or like go with the flow no I need to know what's going to happen it needs to go my way or the way not, you planned it, yeah. Yeah, if not, everything's just going to blow up in my face. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I think for me it was just like that anxiety of not being perfect where it's like, because growing up I, my mom was always like, you need to go to college. Like you don't know if you're going to end up marrying somebody and then they're not good for you so you mm-hmm. have to have your own money. And it's like that got embedded into me and I'm like, okay, yes, but if I go to school... I was actually going to do, like, veterinary school because um, I really like animals. And then I realized science wasn't for me. And then when I told my mom, like, I think I'm going to go into communication studies, she was like, what's that? Like, I've always been a shy person. She was like, you're too shy to do that. Like, you know, it's not science. Like, do something that will make you money. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not good at it. Like, <laughs> you know, I need to choose something that's good for me. Mm-hmm. And I think – taking that first step kind of helped me with my mom where it was like I understand where you're coming from and the fear um of like not choosing a job that'll make you quote-unquote successful yeah um but it's also like if I can't if I'm not good at it or if I don't like it then I'm just wasting my money like it's not worth it mm-hmm. um so that's kind of a completely different topic <laughs> um to delve into but still, it affects you, how you think, how yeah. you perceive yourself and whatnot. And we're always going to be our worst critics. Yeah. Every time. So regardless of them just being words, it's the action of those words that hurts us. And then I completely understand with the whole anxiety because God knows I have anxiety. I even have a stress toy in my bag. <laughs> I kid you not. Yeah. Um, but... It's difficult, and it's just not something that we're taught to talk about. Yeah, We're not taught to talk about our feelings mm-hmm. and accepting our feelings. And it took me a long time to be like, okay, it's okay for me to feel like this. I am validated. Yeah. Regardless of me feeling like absolute shit right now, it's valid. Yeah. It's like a, oh, it's a whole struggle. Like, Moral of the story, let's all get therapy. Please, because yes, <laughs> please. I think all everyone needs to go to therapy, yeah. and I know we're talking about just like our experiences, like as women, yeah. as older children. But I think another thing that needs to be tackled in mental health is also like, again, different but somewhat related, machismo. Oh my God, girl, that's a whole other thing. I like, know it is, but like just to go over like briefly. <sighs> let, let's be honest, because we're the oldest, and our dads. I don't know about you. My dad, he's very hard on me. 
And now, now that I'm an adult, adult I call him out on his machismo ways. He doesn't like that. Yeah. And, and the reason why I do it now is because, hey, I mean, you, you, you treated me like this, and now I know that there's a word for it. Yeah. So because of everything that you had taught me and, like, the way you treated me growing up, it's now making me realize, okay, this is not okay. You're making yeah. me think it's okay, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think another part about machismo, too, is, like, mental health and Latino men. Yeah, that's they're not talking yeah, about it. Like, I guys, mean, y'all are not pussies. I kid you not. It's yeah. okay to cry. You're not weak or anything. Like, yeah, I know y'all have high expectations, too. Because I even see it on my little brother where my dad's like, be a man. And he's upset. Like, he's more on the sensitive side. But nothing wrong with that. Because I think it's like, if we're having troubles with the expectations that our parents put on us as women... God knows like what it's like for, for men. Because, like, there's that whole stereotype where yeah. you're a man, then be a man. Yeah, like, like don't. Act like it. for your family yeah. and act like it. And it's different. Like. And it needs to be talked about, too. Yeah. Because it's, like, so fucked up. And it's, like, if, I don't know. I feel like in my life, personally, mm. I have rarely, I don't think I've seen not one man in my family ever mention like I need therapy or like oh, I need help, no. <laughs> and no. it's like it's, it's just not talked about in a household. And I don't know if it's because of lack of resources or more so just out of stubbornness, yeah, and not wanting to be quote unquote crazy or local, yeah, you know, you want that's be? all they see it as. They yeah. see therapy, <laughs> they see psychology, mental health as you being crazy. crazy. And you're not. Like it's okay. Like I swear. Let's go. Let's we can talk to a therapist yeah. together. Like let's let's figure it let's out. Let's open up this book of worms. <laughs> There's what can of worms? Sorry, that's the <laughs> phrase for it. Jesus, and go through this intergenerational trauma and let's close that shit. Yeah, like we just need to talk about things more honestly. Like yeah. it's time. Regardless of you being sad or mad, because God knows that. Uh, us as Latinos, like, even though we're stereotyped as, like, being loud and aggressive, we're not necessarily loud or aggressive. It's just, you know. We feel things deeply. That's yeah, like, our culture experiences are a little bit different. This is what we grew up around. Yeah. And then us <laughs> expressing it, like, fuck. Like, you know what? You, ma- you raised me to, like, supposedly be loud and everything, but let me express myself <laughs> then. I think it's so funny. This is unrelated, but, like... How we're always seen as loud. I'm not going to lie to you. Every time I've seen a Latino on a phone call, they're the loudest bitch in the fucking <laughs> store. Like, <laughs> like, no, but I love it. Like, yeah. sometimes I'll, my mom will pick up a phone and, uh, like, a call on in the car, mm-hmm. and she'll just start, like, raising her voice. I'm like, why are you yelling? Honestly, that's understandable. And then what's funny is that I have to yell sometimes. And it's not, it's not because I want to, no. It just it's comes because my mom, she literally can't fucking hear me through the <laughs> phone. So I'm raising my voice, and then the second I do, she's like, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, you can't hear me. Yeah. Me, like, I always tell my mom, like, oh, why are you yelling? When she's, like, yeah. raising her voice on and a I phone call. I think that call. she's angry, yeah. even with my parents. And they're just like, this is how we talk. And I'm like, y'all gotta understand, from my perception, the way y'all are talking... It looks like y'all are fighting 
and are angry at each other. Like, is this just your way of just getting your emotions out, even though it's something stupid? <laughs> yeah. I've noticed, I've caught myself doing it, though. Like, whenever I'm on the phone call, I'm like, gay. Like, I raise <laughs> my voice. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm becoming the thing I criticize. Oh. Um, but kind of wrapping things up, yeah. I have one last question for you. Um, based, like, on all of your experiences and everything we've talked about today, is there anything that you would recommend or suggest, either the university or, like, society at large, mm-hmm. um, to help? Latinos struggling with mental health issues and I'm really curious to see what you say because you have that experience yeah um Um, okay let me start off with what can be possibly done on campus yeah for one I feel like it's not advertised enough regardless of you being a student but I feel like there should just be maybe more Instagram posts or more on campus events spreading the awareness of the psychological services that we have on campus. We yeah. have CAPS. Honestly, I didn't know about that. I didn't know that we had free therapy sessions that are just granted to us because we're students. Yeah. And I feel like not a lot of people know that. And not to mention on top of that, based on what you're trying to tackle down, I didn't know this until like last year, they can assign you a therapist or whoever you speak with that may have a similar background to you or gotcha. like ethnicity like race like uh-huh. would you feel comfortable like like when I was doing like the whole like little interview thing where yeah. they were like asking me questions and whatnot just to kind of get an idea of what's wrong with me <laughs> um they asked me if whether or not I prefer the person I talked to be a person of color i was so shocked because i was like wait we can we can do that we we can ask (laughs) we can ask for that um and i feel like it's just easier to talk to about it when it's a person of color because let's be honest here some of us because due to like the way that we look and our culture backgrounds we just go through different things not to put aside any other people's like experiences but i feel like being a person of color like we just go through certain things things, like for example like i'm just gonna be really small with it i went to a very predominantly white high school and maybe out of my entire class i was the one out of 20 people that was like a person of color maybe so yeah like that affected me a lot because i had to essentially like a little bit whitewashed yeah but then i had to get that back or like i had to do a code switch that's what it is yeah i hate that um but yeah like it just it made me feel happy like shit okay i have some control of my mental health in this part okay someone can guide me or help me about my experiences yeah and i think that should be advertised more throughout campus i don't know how that's because that's not my department that's (laughs) something the school needs to figure out how um and also i think it'd be interesting to have a latino workshop where we do this where we openly talk about this or we talk about different topics like latino um oh my god machismo there we go or um eating disorders because let's be honest 
as a Latina growing up, I've always been called regardless of maybe how fit I was. They always said like, "Oh, tú eres tan llenita, like es yeah. gordita." And at the same time, flaquita. And when I was in the best shape, they'd be like, why aren't you eating? And whatnot. And sadly, that's how we develop like, eating disorders. It's yeah. just like this idea of how we should look was we're not good enough. So I think doing workshops like that, yeah. specifically for like the Latinx community, would be amazing. For honestly. sure. Um, outside? Maybe something similar, like free events, um, maybe fundraisers, like or it's like spreading awareness of it. Yeah. Through like certain areas where there's like parades or whatnot, because like you know when there's like a parade or like Everybody a big event up. in Charlotte, there's vendors and then there's other people spreading awareness. I think that should be a thing. Yeah. Especially like when it comes to like volunteering at um, schools and whatnot, it should be provided. Like, hey, you know, if you feel a certain way. Join us. Here's this that's for you. I like that. You um, know? I think that's amazing. I think that would be a really good, like, decision um, or something to provide people with. And I think, like, I remember in my middle school, they would have, like, a lot of parents are required to attend to these meetings. The problem was that it was limited to English speakers. So my mom never went. Mm-hmm. But I think if we had something like that at schools where it was, like, parents, like, you're required to come as elementary school children. Being, like, you're required to come. This is something for your kid to be able to, like, come to public school. Mm -hmm. And then that way, and have somebody who speaks Spanish. Have somebody who speaks these, these languages, these other languages, so it's not just limited to English speakers. Because if they're speaking English, my mom immediately tunes out. She's like, I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. You know, so, like, make it more available. Make Yeah. Like, advertise it in English and Spanish. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, even though us as kids, like, we're bilingual and whatnot, our parents, they may not know English. Yeah. And so they don't know that these resources are provided and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like, let's say in a school hallway, like, they'll see all these flyers. They'll just look at it and be like, oh, it's pretty. That's because they can't read it because it's in English. Yeah. like They don't see anything in Spanish, so they don't know that these are flyers for resources that can be provided exactly you know i completely agree um thank you for coming nicole i love so much for having me of course i love this conversation it got a little deep (laughs) we really that's the whole point (laughs) exactly we really dug into it Mm -hmm. and i enjoyed this um, conversation same and as always to you listeners remember that every day is a new chance to start over i'm so glad if you made it this far I hope that you'll tune in next week. This has been Navigating Our Roots, a través de nuestras